In a time where parents have the weight of a thousand decisions on their shoulders and every step is like walking in quicksand, adventure's probably not in your focus. However, research shows families who adventure are more resilient and have significantly healthier minds and bodies. The purpose of this podcast is to help families connect through simple and authentic adventure experiences. Welcome to Ordinary Sherpa, your online community designed to help you connect, reach your summit, and create meaningful adventure experiences with your family. Hello, and welcome to Ordinary Sherpa. I'm your host, Heidi Dusick. Part of the reason I love Four Seasons is I love the change, right? When things start to melt in Wisconsin and you get a glimpse at this cool, uh, for me, it's water. I love seeing the ice melt away. I was fortunate to get together with a friend of mine and do a couple of waterfall hikes with just a little bit of ice around yet. And it's like a Midwest slot canyon. They're so sweet. These are the types of things we've been talking about. Today, we're going to talk a lot about hiking and backpacking with kids, but I also have had a couple people in my membership that are talking about different types of adventures they want to do with kids. And while the membership is not open just yet, we're just doing a trial run with our founders group, you can, if you'd like, buy me a cup of coffee and then you can have a one-on-one just to talk more deeply about how might you add some of these tips and tricks and adventures into your life? How can you begin to test even what Stephanie will refer to as a shakeout hike? What are things that we could use to help our family adventure more? Those are all things I've had in my quick 15 minute one-on-ones when someone buys me a cup of coffee. So if that's something you're interested in, I have a link in the show notes to buy me a coffee. And it also just says thank you and supports the back end of the show. If that's something that you're interested in, go ahead and buy me a cup of coffee and I look forward to meeting with you. I was first introduced to our guest through another podcast and was intrigued with her approach to life and adventure as a parent. One of the things on my dream list is a through hike with the kids, maybe not PCT or AT, but something that requires us to live off of what we carry on our backs. And our guest just did that as a newbie backpacker and a mom of littles. It's astonishing to me. Stephanie McNulty is a mom of three with kids ages 14, 10, and 17 months old. Her family values experiences over things, and you can usually find them outside at any free chance they get. Stephanie's passion is getting into the mountains through backpacking and climbing, and she usually has her kids along. Their family goal is to raise kids who protect the environment, live sustainably, and value conservation. Stephanie, also known as the Backpacking Mom, it is such a joy to have you with us today. I know the stars finally aligned. Welcome to Ordinary Sherpa. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk with you today and to be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so excited too. I love your story. I just want to like thank you for embarking on it, for deciding to share it, for being just authentically human in this process because so many times I think about, well, I thought about my life as like, okay, I'm a mom. I guess I have to give that piece of adventure up in my life. So I'm just curious, you know, before we get to the glamorous, the really cool hikes that you've done and some of the things you've gone on, some of the adventures you've participated in with your kids, can you take me back to the early days? Like how and why did you decide to start backpacking with your kids? So it's kind of funny. I have never backpacked without kids. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't do outdoorsy things growing up as a kid. 
this is something I found as an adult and I had my kids quite young. Actually, I had my oldest when I was 18 and we lived in Washington state, which is home to many beautiful mountains. You've got the Cascades and the Olympic mountains and I would see them looming in the distance and I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to get into those mountains. So I had a baby. Well, I had a three-year-old and I was like, guess he's coming with me. (laughs) (laughs) So we all just went and it was uh, messy and hard, but we figured it out. Yeah. So where do you start with the kids? So I'm imagining starting by yourself is one thing, right? And I've never through hiked by myself. So I'm sure like that's one learning curve. What was it like with kids? What was your first experience like? So the first experience I had, and we actually go back here, we try to get back to the same spot yearly because it's just so magical. It's on the coast of Washington on the Olympic Peninsula. It's called Shai Shai Beach. And I found it. I really wanted to explore the Olympic Peninsula. And I saw people camped on the beach and I'm like, we have to do this. And we had a mismatched tent, like one fly that didn't even go with the tent. We didn't own any backpacking packs. And I was just like, we need to be out here for one night. I just know that we need to do this. So we did. We packed all this non-backpacking gear in non-backpacking packs. I think we even carried in all our water because we didn't have a way to filter it. And water's very heavy. And we arrived on that beach like haggard and tired and exhausted because our packs were so heavy. And I was packing my then three-year-old on my back for some of it. And it was magical. We just got there and we're like, this is incredible, Uh, gorgeous beach. And you can just camp there. You can have fires with the driftwood. But the journey there, because our packs were so heavy, was hard. My three-year-old did well, but you know, he's a three-year-old, so there was some whining. And I think he even like face planted in some mud because the trail is very muddy. But that trip ignited a love for backpacking, a love for spending time outside as a family. And it just sparked many, many more adventures. So it was hard, but it really lit the fire. How long ago was that? So your oldest was like, oh my gosh, 11 I guess years that ago? was 11 years ago, almost exactly, because that was a trip we did over Memorial Day weekend, and that's coming up. So yeah. <laughs> awesome. I'm just, gosh, and so much can happen in 11 years. So obviously, you've grown as a backpacker, and your kids have now grown up really with this being a part of who they are. What are some of your highlights? What are some of the, your favorite hikes? And I know there's like a million of them because I've seen some of them, but just highlight maybe one or two that have just been kind of it went according to plan or maybe like had the epic experience and maybe one or two that was like, we could probably have done that over and it still wouldn't have gone as well as I wanted it to. (laughs) Yeah. I think every trip is going to have some twists and turns maybe that you didn't account for. Some of our most amazing times have been on the coast. I would go reference back to that. We I want to say it was the year before COVID hit and it was me, my husband, and my two older kids. We didn't have my little guy yet. And we did four days down the coast of the Olympic Peninsula and we had incredible weather, gorgeous sunsets, not a drop of rain, which is very rare for that area. It was just magical. I mean, the kids were playing in tide pools and there's huge starfish and it was just picture perfect. The pictures I have from that trip are just jaw dropping. And it was just a really great experience. That place is near and dear to my heart. So I'll always like kind of circle back there. Another one that stands out again with my older kids, we 
backpacked into the Nepali coast, which is in Hawaii, Kauai. Mm -hmm. And we checked the weather. We were prepared. Like everything went really well going in. My kids were older. They were experienced backpackers. I think they were six and 10 at that point. And the night before we left, they actually got hit with one of the largest natural disasters that they've had. And we ended up being stranded at the beach that you backpack into. And we ended up having to get airlifted out. Wow. There was a few days of just kind of like, what are we going to do? And some, yeah, definitely some fear there. But we were safe. We decided to stay put. It ended well. But I think after that, I was like, my kids are never going to trust me again. (laughs) You know, like, well, yeah, last time, mom, we got airlifted off. (laughs) It was a wild experience. But it also just goes to show, you know, being prepared, having the things you need, telling people where you're going, some of those important steps to take before you backpack, you know, really serve you well if you should need them. So, Yeah, let's talk more about that. I'm assuming, you know, you've obviously learned some tips and tricks along the way. And before we get into really all of those advice that you might offer, were there, yeah, I like to say we have this like Sherpa philosophy. So I'm always looking for someone two steps ahead of me. They don't have to be an expert, but like who's two steps ahead of me? Did you have people helping you through this process with kids or were you trying to figure that out pretty much on your own? I mean, 11 years ago, I know the dynamics were different. It felt like on my own because 11 years ago, this wasn't as prevalent. You know, Mm -hmm. we will backpack now and we do see kids on the trail. I think, I don't want to call it like a movement, but I think time spent outdoors with kids, people are realizing there's benefits to that and people are wanting to explore. But 10, 11 years ago, we would be the only people with kids and they don't have the gear. There was no kids sleeping bags and there's just not the resources that are out there now. So I did feel like we were forging our own way a little bit with my two oldest And I did a lot of blog reading, a lot of trail research, just, you know, trying to really find out what we were up against before we got there and knew what to expect and prepare for. But yeah, it was a lot of trial and error. Sometimes I look back on the things we did with my three and four-year-old and I'm like, wow, yeah, we really pushed him. (laughs) But because we were inexperienced backpackers ourselves, I think we didn't know, you know, Mm -hmm. how big of a adventure we were taking on and it was, yeah, it was wild, but wouldn't change it for anything. Mm-hmm. If you were now, now looking forward that you have this experience, what advice would you offer if someone's considering, for example, myself, I don't know that I'm going to do a through hike, but it's, I don't do bucket lists, but I think there's something about it that's really intriguing, but I'm scared to death. Like, I don't really want to be out there for three days. One day, maybe two days. Uh. <laughs> I'm just So I'm just curious if you were to give me advice on my kids are similar, actually, in age. I don't have a 17 month old. I have a six year old is my youngest. So just kind of curious, where would I start if I was asking you, Stephanie, backpacking mom, I want to do this. Where do I start? Any advice you would offer? Yeah, I always say start small. So maybe it's a trail you've been on before that you're familiar with or something close to your home that, you know, two miles, five maximum. I would say just start really small. And we still do this as a family early season. We'll pick a short trail, even one that we've done. We call it our shakeout trip. Mm. And we just kind of do a casual trip just to be like, okay, what gear needs replaced? What's working? What's not? Especially with our baby now growing and getting heavier and Mm -hmm. sort of walking, but not really. So we do a shakeout trip that's really small. And you just have to go and do it. 
And if you start small, you have the opportunity. If you get to camp, you've forgotten something crucial. You can bail. Two miles, you can bail, you know. (laughs) But hopefully you don't have to. And you'll kind of realize like, oh, my gosh, my sleeping bag is so uncomfortable or wow, yeah, it's really cold. I need a warmer one or our tent does not suit our purposes. Like you're only going to know that if you go. And a one night, two mile trip in is a much lower risk than like heading off for three days with gear that maybe doesn't work. Or you realize when you're out there on night two, you can't make the miles. So start small and then you will discover quickly (laughs) Mm -hmm. what you maybe do need and what you maybe brought that you don't need. So... Do you have any tricks for the kids to keep them interested or do they, you know, I'm just, I know snacks, right? That's what we use just for, (laughs) there's always a snack break or something to look forward to, but do the kids genuinely get excited about these now or do you have to bribe them a little bit? So genuinely they do get excited, but it's because of heavy bribery and that changes as your kid gets (laughs) older. So right now my teenager, you know, he's capable. He could probably backpack further than I could at this point. But it's just friends are a huge component of his life. That's a really age-appropriate change for him right now. Mm -hmm. So when I take him on a trip now, it's like, okay, you you can bring a friend. Or when we get back, you'll have extra screen time. Or you can stay out later. Really whatever I need to do yeah. <laughs> that is enticing to him. I haven't monetarily bribed him, but I'm not I'm not above it. I will if I need to. At all costs, right? At all costs. I'm not, not gonna say no if that's what it comes to. And then for my daughter, she still is very excited. She loves camping, she loves being outside. It's more like we bring along fun things. So something as simple as bubbles or on the coast, we've packed in kites. Kites are super lightweight and they're so much fun. Or like little toys that they've never seen, they'll unwrap them. Like I had some string lights that I wrapped up and I think like every three miles I'd let them open like a special little prize. So it kept them going and then every two or three miles they knew they were going to get something cool. So being creative, snacks, candy, oh my gosh, I have given my kids more sugar on a backpacking <laughs> trip than I do in like a month, but that's okay. I'm okay with that. Yep. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Yeah. We have a bribery of ice cream. You know, you finish the trail, you get ice cream and it's amazing. I actually was doing a 5k with my daughter, just a race. And I was like, if you don't stop, I'll get you ice cream. And she beat me. And I was like, well, dang, maybe I should eat more ice cream. (laughs) I'm telling you bribery. I know there are some people who disagree with me, but it has gotten through many a mile. (laughs) Yeah. It's a good distraction too. I think even on the trail, you know, things like looking for things or spying, I spy or trail markers or whatever you can just to keep their interest and not thinking about how much they're annoyed by the trail or the weather sucks or whatever. If you can distract them, I think that helps. That's awesome. Yeah. We also have a song. It's called the bear song. It's kind of fun. When morale is quite low, we will sing the bear song and that's good for a few minutes. People usually are in a better mood afterwards. And when all else fails, sometimes when kids are complaining or they're whiny, it's because they just truly need a break. So we'll stop. We'll feed them something. Oftentimes that whining, that complaining, it's actually that they're low on, you know, energy and they just need a snack. So we're not afraid to just stop and address those needs and then move on. We know that the trail is going to take longer when we have our kids and we just plan accordingly for that. What kind of things do you do for meals? So, I mean, obviously you can do snacks and stuff. So just for context, we've gone fishing in the Boundary Waters where we camped for a long time. And that's just hard because you're packing all of your food in and all of your food out, but you still have a canoe to put it in. So I'm curious, 
with kids, what does that look like with food and what types of meals do your kids end up eating or enjoy? Do they just kind of eat whatever you put in front of them? (laughs) Yeah, it's gotten heavier for one as they get older and eat more. And then I think this summer with my baby, since last summer he was mainly breastfeeding, I'm like, huh, this is going to be interesting was to see what to feed him. But we have a couple go-tos. Oatmeal in the morning is pretty standard. We also do a fun mountain house breakfast burrito where you can buy a mountain house breakfast skillet and you just add water, which on its own is pretty meh. Mm-hmm. But if you pack in tortillas and like some taco sauce, you can make your own breakfast burritos and they're actually more filling. So one mountain house can feed our whole family and provide us each with like two breakfast burritos in the morning. So that's a go-to. Lunches are usually pretty simple, maybe tortillas with peanut butter and jelly, those tuna packets on tortillas, whatever people are into. Of course, snacks. We bring a lot of snacks, fruit snacks, granola bars. Mm-hmm energy bars. And then dinner is all about maximizing like how can we make this stretch? So we've done – we brought in like mountain house pasta meals and then just packed in extra pasta. There is a backpacking meal. It's it's so good. It's pad thai. If the sodium content wasn't astronomical, I would probably eat it every night (laughs) in my house. But we'll pack in one pad thai and then everybody gets ramen noodles, which are really light and easy to make. And then we'll just add like the pad thai as topping to ramen and it's like fancy ramen and it's actually really good. So yeah, being creative in ways that stretch those mountain house meals because one, they can be expensive and two, that's just a lot of food to pack if everyone has their own mountain house. So we try to be creative about like one can feed all of us with a little finagling. Awesome. I had to chuckle a little bit when you said fruit snacks. I've heard the term that some people use them as like trail gummies or your hiking vitamins or something like that. Like, oh, this is good for me. And like, really, it's just a fruit snack. But it sounds cool, right? So sometimes it's just like you said, being creative, changing the mindset, distracting them a little bit, bribery. That's awesome. I love that. Thank you for those examples. That's one thing I think I get stuck, especially just planning meals in general. It's sometimes hard to think like, okay, what would make this portable or what would make this easier and tasty? Right. So that's helpful. Very cool. I know you mentioned too, you have a goal to raise kids who protect the environment, live sustainably and value conservation. How do you play that out? Is that something that you're always just kind of building into your life or has the trails and the hiking really inspired that? So it's interesting that you asked that. A lot of times I refer back to my why on my Instagram page. You know, my account has grown over the past year and I always used to be like, okay, why am I putting myself out there? Why do I have this account? And it used to be, well, these memories are so valuable to me. And some of our best times as a family have spent outside. I want that for your family too. Like I want to inspire you to be outside. But then I realized, I was like, wow, no, these are good things, but we are not going to inspire a generation of kids that care about the outdoors if they don't see it. So getting them outside and invested in these places is huge. And unfortunately, I mean, I can be that way too, out of sight, out of mind. If I hadn't seen the plastic problem in Bali with my own eyes, would I believe it? I don't know. Mm -hmm. So getting them out there to see it and to care about these places, to connect with them on a very deep and individual level so that when I say, hey, 
did you know that these environmental problems are threatening these places and these rivers that you love? They're going to (laughs) care. They're Mm going to want to do something about it. So it isn't necessarily that we are like beating this into their brains. It's fostering a love for these places that will hopefully inspire them to take action and protect. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I just had a episode, actually a couple episodes recently on like empathy and how being outside and connecting with whether it be nature or other hikers, you learn to appreciate what you have a little bit differently and understand where others are coming from. And I think that's true about nature too. We don't really appreciate it until you're in it, right? Until you've spent time and you've gotten your hands dirty. And at the same time, we're learning more and more. I mean, I'm not deep in the research, but I'm learning more and more about the benefits of just being in nature and the sustainability practices is so good for kids and their development and building so many different skills that I think it's hard for me to ignore those. Once you see it, it's hard to unsee it. And I would just appreciate, you know, the fact that you realize that's your why. It's not always about, I mean, while yes, we do have great memories and you're preserving those, it's, you're also teaching a generation of this is why we do this. It's yeah, almost like exposure therapy, right? (laughs) Yeah, it is. And it it is good to have that why. The memories now, I call them a a lovely byproduct (laughs) of Uh, our why. I'm happy to have them and we still make those fantastic memories, but it's more just wanting them to be invested in our planet because you're right. Nature can feel like this abstract thought, right? Yeah, nature, until you're in it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you sometimes underpredict maybe the power that nature has on people. You know, just like you mentioned, (laughs) it doesn't always go according to plan as you were rescued in Hawaii. I know too, you know, another story that I saw was your Peru trip. Do you want to talk a little bit about overcoming obstacles and just the resilience to somehow make it to the top or accomplish those goals, even when things don't go according to plan? Yeah. So Peru was wild. I mean, it's a beautiful, amazing country. There's so many treks that I want to go back and do, but we had to be pretty picky about what we did take on because of the high altitude and baby. So first, I just want to say we did clear that trip with my son's pediatrician. That wasn't something that we just decided was okay. We had conversations with her and she helped us be prepared in what to look for, when to turn around, when things would be unsafe. So we did that. And the Salkantai Trek is a five-day trek. It covers over 50 miles of Peru's mountain regions, and it is gorgeous. It's jaw-dropping, just beauty. But we got into it, and, and the day one was amazing. We, it's just beautiful, everything we expected. And day two, I woke up sick, and I'm very sensitive to both altitude and water and food in foreign countries. It's just my unfortunate lot in life. Mm, <laughs> so yeah. I was sick. It was freezing rain and cloudy and it was just, it was really rough. And that was our longest, hardest hike day. And we get all ready and we're headed out and we're just, we're not very far. I know that we're not far and I'm trying not to look at Gaia, which is my GPS that I use and it tells you how far you've gone. And she's like, I don't even want to know because I know that we're not even, we're not even close. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that mindset for me was... 10 steps at a time at points on that trip where the altitude is affecting me. I feel terrible. I wasn't able to keep any food down. So I didn't really have a lot of reserve. And it was just, yeah, 10 steps, take some breaths. Okay, now go 10 more. And eventually you get to the top of something doing that. And our pass that day was at 15,000 feet. And we got up there and 
I was miserable. So I was like, yay, okay, can we start descending now? I'm cold. And Hudson was fussy. He's my fussiest baby. And it could have been the cold. It could have been the altitude. It could have been a lot of things. He was okay. He was safe, but he was not having it. And neither was I. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a very brief, like, yep, we did this thing. And now we're, we're headed down. And it's a really hard day. But the rest of the days were amazing and magical. And I think when you take on big adventures with kids, you have to be ready for big sacrifice. And I just mean that it's not always going to be fun. You're going to have those moments. And I think I did look at my husband. I, I think I apologized. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I'm so sorry. This was my idea. This was my dream. Look at what I got us into. This is terrible. <laughs> yeah. Aww. And he was like, hey, like, just, you know, just keep moving. It's okay. He's basically the best human on the planet because this wasn't his idea either. (laughs) So we made it through, but it is that mindset of if you can't handle mentally, which I couldn't the whole day of, I knew we had so much elevation to gain and so many miles to cover. I broke it down to 10 steps. Like, let's just make it 10 steps. And that's how I made it through that day slowly and just little progress at a time. But I don't want to discount the whole Peru trip. I would do it again in a heartbeat. It was incredible, but it was hard. And even starting out, you have a preteen meeting before you leave. There was someone from the company that was like, you're not going to make it. And I was like, turned around to see if he was joking. And he wasn't. (laughs) And he was like, how heavy is your baby? I was like, oh, I don't know. You know, he's probably 25 pounds maybe with the pack and everything. He's like, the guides don't even carry that much weight. Like, you're never going to make it. And I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> oh, thanks for the vote of confidence. <laughs> I know. I was like, huh. But they had never taken a baby before. Like, this was – they had never done that. So they didn't know what I was capable of. They didn't know my background. And I was like, okay, well – I guess the rebel in me was like, you know, hold my beer and watch. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that kind of spurred on that fire of like, oh, watch me do this. But we did do it safely. We were able to clear it with my pediatrician, like I said. But yeah, they were kind of not nervous, but like, wow, are you really going to do this? And they were doubtful of our ability as well. So, And I know your daughter kind of nailed it, right? Wasn't she the one that was like, I got this, I'm going. (laughs) Oh my gosh. She was incredible. And she had hard moments, but she, her attitude, you just wish you could take her and clone her. Like Mm -hmm. hiking down in my head, you know, I'm still in my like miserable place. And she looks at me and she's like, you know, today was really an adventure, wasn't it? And I'm like, like, yeah, that's one way to put it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But uh, she was just so, just a breath of fresh air. And I was so happy, actually, that we had group members with us who weren't Mm -hmm. feeling quite as miserable. They, like, celebrated at the top with her and took pictures. And they had all this energy that I couldn't because of just where I was at. And I was so happy for them because they were really able to celebrate her accomplishment. I mean, she was nine at the time, which is still quite young to to hike all those miles and gain all that elevation. And she did it. And they were able to help celebrate with her when I was just like, oh my gosh, I think I'm going to (laughs) die. Yeah. I love that you mentioned that story too, because it also represents just the community that happens on trails that there's so many people I have found over and over again that when I'm in a dark place, I actually find community outside with other people on the trails, usually because they're cheering on my kids 
when I can't, right? I'm just not able to. I'm whatever, whatever's happening that day. Mine are usually not as severe as yours. But I find that when other people are cheering on my kids, it's like, okay, I don't have to be everything. Like someone else is going to help me today. And I don't have to be the world for this kid or for this adventure for everything. And that is just, it's such an awesome sense of community that I don't know that we see very often in the world of people cheering you on, cheering your kids on, so excited that you're even taking your kids out. So that has also been just a fun experience to have. Yeah. No, the outdoor community is so amazing. We're actually still in touch with many of the group members that we did that hike with and just kind of one of those lifelong bonds, I think, going through something so hard and you're with the same people for five days and they were fantastic and just a really fun group. So there's definitely a huge community aspect that we really appreciated. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing all those stories. That's awesome. Do you have a next trip kind of in the works? Yes and no. We have some plans for the summer. I mean, summer is our bread and butter for backpacking. So I usually have some ideas, some trails I haven't hit yet, and then just kind of work them into when I have a good weather window. Mm -hmm. Um, and when it makes sense with work and time off and blah, blah, blah. But I think our big endeavor this summer is going to be a multi-day, two-part backpacking trip through Glacier and then Jasper National Park up in Canada, Mm -hmm. depending on border requirements, you know, with COVID and and all of that. So that's kind of what we're setting our sights on. And then I'm hoping to summit two volcanoes this year. Well, they're not active, but... I get (laughs) you. That's good. Mount St. Helens with my daughter. I've done it with my son and she's ready, I think, to take it on. And then I'm hoping to do Mount Baker, which is also in Washington with my son. That is a technical mountain. And we've worked our way up. We did Mount Adams two summers ago, and I think he's ready to take it on. So that's our tentative plans, weather and scheduling. And honestly, fire season sometimes really puts a damper on things, but those are what we're hoping for. That is exciting. That is exciting. If people, Stephanie, want to connect with you, follow along, see all these adventures, what's the best way for them to do it? Because I would love to watch these trips unfold. (laughs) Yeah. So the backpacking mom on Instagram is usually where I'm posting most about our adventures. It's a great way to connect with me, to see the gear we use, the trips we go on, and information about them. And then most importantly, I think, is the realities. Like None of this just happens. None of this is like we don't all just prance merrily up mountains singing like kumbaya. Like there's struggle and hardship. And I try really hard to paint an accurate picture of what it looks like (laughs) because it's just so important that people understand we're not an anomaly. Like our kids whine, our kids throw themselves on the ground too. (laughs) Yes. And you know, we're just a normal family that likes to do crazy things, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there's beauty in the crazy. Like I said in the intro, like you are authentically human. And I think there's no hiding the realness behind, yes, this is an epic adventure. It's great. But there are hard points. That's actually part of why I love adventure, right? There's always something that goes wrong. There's always struggle, but growth happens in the struggle. So Thank you for sharing all of it, not just the high points. Of course, of course. Thank you, Stephanie. I have never followed such an inspirational backpacking mom doing this with her kids and really showing the authenticity behind the adventure and the love and the why. It's just such an inspiration, but also just some great tips and some advice. And I am more inspired than ever to do a through hike. We'll see. I have 10 key takeaways for this episode. 
Number one, when Stephanie started backpacking, it was a thirst to go into the mountains that she saw all around her. It was messy and hard, but it was worth it. Number two, her first trip to Shai Shai Beach and the Olympic Peninsula is one she recommends for backpacking trip, especially if you're just getting started, and a place she still goes back regularly. She started with mismatched tent and non-backpacking gear. The haggard hike was hard, but despite all of this, they had a magical experience and still are going 10 years later. Number three, there will be twists and turns you can't account for. A natural disaster struck on the Nepali coast in Kauai, leaving them stranded on the beach and eventually needing to be airlifted out. While it definitely was scary, having the background with enough extra supplies to stay safe and the community of others helped them through. Number four, start small with a shakeout trip, somewhere nearby with no more than a two to five mile hike. They still do these every year to test the gear and get back in the habit of hiking. It also is easy enough to bail if it's not working out for your family. Number five, even with a love of the outdoors, she still leverages bribery as a tool to get her kids on the trails. The bribery changes as the kids get older. For her teenager, bringing a friend, extra screen time, or staying out later have all worked thus far. She's not beneath even paying money if it came to that. Number six, hiking with kites are great fun and very light to pack. When morale is low, they can use tricks like the bear song, snacks, or fun activities to help them through this hard time. Number seven, a couple of go-to meals are oatmeal, PB&J on tortillas, or tuna packets. Carrying enough food to feed a family of five requires them to get creative and stretch the meals. Some of their favorites are Mountain House Breakfast Skillet, added with some taco sauce and tortillas for breakfast burritos, or Mountain House Pad Thai with ramen for dinner. Number eight, as Stephanie states, we aren't going to inspire a generation of kids who care about the outdoors if they don't see it. By fostering a love of these places, hopefully it inspires them to take action and protect the places they love for years to come. The family memories are a lovely byproduct of her why. Number nine, given the high altitude with baby, they took precautions to know their limits in Peru. At the worst part of the trip, her mindset was just 10 more steps. Eventually, in 10-step increments, they made it to the top. Number 10, the outdoor community has demonstrated over and over again, they will cheer on my kids when I can't. As a hiking mom, it's helpful to know that I don't always have to be everything today. If you were inspired by today's episode and want to follow, support, maybe even join Stephanie on an upcoming trip, head over to Instagram at the Backpacking Mom. And you can see her realness, as I say over and over again, she's authentically human and really gives inside tips, not just tips, but behind the scenes, how it works, what they do, the real life falling apart on the trail and beyond. Thank you so much for joining me today on this episode. I hope you have a great week exploring, adventuring, and genuinely getting outside to have a little fun. If you found value from today's show, here are three easy ways you can support us. Subscribe to Ordinary Sherpa Podcast on the platform you're listening to. It lets the providers know that you're getting value from the show and want to be around when we release additional content. If you feel compelled, leave us a review. Two, find your friends, family, and others you think would enjoy this show and share this episode. Three, and most importantly, join the community of families interested in creating authentic experiences through simple adventures by going to OrdinarySherpa.com backslash community. We want to hear from you and create content that would benefit your family. Thanks for joining us on this journey as we help families connect through adventure.